0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 140 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. This week is a little bit different. I just got back from Affiliate World, and I brought my mics with me because I wanted to interview some kick butt uh, speakers there, or you know, people I met uh, at at the conference, uh, or you know, just even just like friends. And turns out, I got way too hammered while I was there, and every day I was hungover, and I didn't get to do any of the interviews. But instead of leaving you guys in the dark and just not talking about it or skipping a week, I figured why not spend my Saturday and just record a recap of everything that I learned uh, just on my own. So hopefully, you guys like this episode. Uh, if you think it's terrible and you never want me to do a solo podcast again, please let me know because I really don't. Want to, I I would like to know that. Uh, but. Uh, here is kind of the the breakdown of what the conference was about, what I learned, uh, and some kind of takeaways and tips that you guys can uh, can bring to either the next event next year if you do go, or really any type of of you know entrepreneur conference out there. Uh, so to kind of get started, I want to give you guys a networking tip: um, always go there the day before, and always stay at the hotel where the conference is going to be. So why do I say this? It's because it depends on who you want to meet, right? Uh, If you want to meet high-level people who are really crushing it, uh, maybe the speakers themselves or the organizers of the event, they are going to be at that hotel because it's more convenient. It might be part of the package. They might be getting comped for it. Uh, Just a host of reasons. And they have to go the day before because there's rehearsals, there's setup, or there is – you know. You know, they just want to rest before they they arrive, especially if it's going to be in, you know, another city that most people don't live in. Uh, The Nomad Summit in Chiang Mai is a little bit different because it's a smaller event and most people already live in Chiang Mai, including me, the organizer, and a lot of the speakers. So a lot of people won't be staying at the conference. Uh, But for bigger events like Affiliate World, because people fly in, I mean, you know, all of the organizers, they, they live in Europe and most in Amsterdam, most of the speakers flew in from the US or other places so big events like this uh, where you know people are gonna be traveling definitely stay at that that hotel and stay the night before so one thing you might be you know thinking or asking yourself right now is man that's really expensive um, I can get a hotel you know just a block away for half the price and while that's true you are gonna get half the experience because literally fifty percent or more of The networking that I did, or the kind of other side experience I got besides just the talks itself, which we'll get into, that came either you know before or after, so not like in the non official times. And the reason why that happens is because, first off, if you get there the day before, nobody's busy yet. Nobody's you know nobody's really burnt out yet nobody's been overwhelmed by a million people yet and you'll you'll be surprised that there's some speakers who really are introverts or they just need space uh even extroverted people when they're surrounded by hundreds of people asking the questions they tend to you know not really want to talk anymore but everybody's excited on the first day and people are more excited on day zero which is what i call uh the the day before so the conference officially started on Monday. I got there on Sunday afternoon, and that is actually the day where I met most of the really cool people that were either speaking at the conference or I knew were going to be there afterwards. So if you, a couple tips to save money if you do want to stay at where the conference uh, is. One, check with the actual event uh, coordinator themselves to see if they have a special for you guys because usually when there's a bunch of people booking rooms, people you know, can often have a significant discount um, at that event. Second, share a room with someone. If you're traveling alone, I don't recommend going on the forums and, you know, and just and finding, hey, does anybody want to share a room? Because first off, by the time you find someone, the rooms might be taken. Uh, Second, uh, it's that kind of a you know, I don't want to say it attracts low value people, uh, but you might just get stuck with some random person um, who's also not willing to take the risk. One easy thing you can do is just book the room yourself and just book it first. Book it for two beds, and then post in the forums uh, of whatever conference you you know you're going to be attending, and say, hey, I have a room at this hotel. Uh, does anybody want to split it? Cause that way it already implies that you already have the room so you are a high value person who's an action taker you've locked in the room you've you know you've no longer have that as an excuse on why you can't attend you know I think that's actually a big reason why I want you to f- just dedicate first and just get the ticket get the room is because then you don't have excuses things won't come up saying oh well I couldn't find anyone to share the room with me so I'm not going I will guarantee that if you book the room first then you post I have the room booked already. Does anybody want to split it? Somebody will jump in, and 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 those people are usually the ones that I would say are going to be slightly, you know, easier to deal with, um, because for me personally, I don't mind sharing a room with someone, but I don't want to go on a wild goose chase, you know, with someone else who hasn't taken action yet. So as long as one of you have taken action, uh, and this, you know, and you know, and it'll be you this time, uh, then I guarantee you're going to end up doing just better in general because everyone's going to, everyone's going to benefit from that. So get there the night before and then stay until a day after, um, you know, don't stay too many days after because most people fly do fly the next day, but make sure you don't book your flight for, you know, 8am the, on the last day or something, because I guarantee you people are going to go out and drink that night and you you're not going to want to miss out on that. Uh, but to be honest, that last day isn't the most important day. Day zero is by far the most important day because by the last day you would have met everyone you would have met already. Uh, and second, by then everyone's gonna be not only so burnt out from their speaking gig, from you know meeting hundreds of other people, uh, you know from drinking for <laughs> two or three days, but it's you know it's just gonna be a mess. But on day zero, everybody's fresh, everybody's sober, everyone's happy to meet each other. So what I did was I checked into my room, and I went straight up to the rooftop bar. I've never, I've never been uh, to this hotel. It was the the Grand Central Grand uh, in Bangkok at Central World. I've never been there, so I didn't know where to go. Uh, I didn't know where to eat. I didn't know what to do, but I knew I was hungry, and I had two choices. I can either go downstairs and walk around and try to find some street food or a little restaurant, which. It would have been much cheaper, or I could have just eaten at the hotel. In general, people aren't going to eat at the hotel restaurant by themselves because it's, you know, it's kind of awkward, and you're definitely not going to meet people there, but if they have a rooftop bar uh, somewhere that kind of serves, you know, some snacks or food, maybe tapas, uh, that's a great place to meet people. So what I did was I went straight upstairs, and this is around 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. or something, and... I was alone I you know uh, I, I actually I traveled with my buddy Chris but I think he was he was busy I don't know what he was doing maybe taking a nap or something but uh, I went straight up so I was alone I didn't know anyone and I saw there was an empty bar and I saw there's a big group of maybe 10 people sitting at a booth kind of in the corner it looked like you know they all knew each other forever it looked like a private party and honestly I didn't really want to just walk up there because uh, it felt awkward right but my option was to sit at the bar alone or go back downstairs or just give it a shot. So I decided, you know what? It's the first day. Let me go up. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to intrude or bother anyone. Uh, but let me kind of just walk up and just say hi. And guess what? Everybody was super welcoming. They're like, hey, are you here for the conference? And they were excited to be there because they had just arrived. They wanted to meet people. And I was literally one of the first 10 people they met. So think about it that way. As As in timing-wise... If you did that maybe on day two or day three where they already had their click or, you know, kind of a a circle of friends, then you might feel a little bit like you're intruding, um, especially if it wasn't a conference. If it was just like, let's say, (laughs) Friday night or something, then you would definitely feel like you're intruding. But at a conference, people want to meet each other. People are there to meet you. So by you going up and just saying, hi, are you here for the conference? You will get invited in you know so i ended up meeting 10 super cool people including some pretty like high level uh, contacts if i ever you know needed uh, them for 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 business you know advice or connections you know i met uh, someone who works for facebook she, she does all the ads at facebook uh, i met a couple people who are actually speakers I, I met one person who was actually one of the organizers uh, of the event and these are people that i probably would not have met on day 2 or 3 because it would have been so crowded So tip number two that I want to give everyone is plan your schedule in advance. Uh, And this applies to both, you know, like parties or um, other event things, but also the speaker, the presentations. So as far as the parties, the reason why Fleet World is actually (laughs) so famous is they actually grew their reputation on some of the best parties. Um, They are one of the few conferences in the world, besides maybe all um, all the beverage conferences, you know, for the alcohol brands. But these guys... Are notorious for having open ball parties a lot of it is because their core audience and if you guys aren't familiar familiar with affiliate world uh, they are sponsored or they're a company that was created by the founders of a forum called stack that money and this is (laughs) I said that correctly stack that money and the more you say it the more you actually like it in the beginning some people kind of put off by the name Um, but stack that money is a paid form I think it's something crazy like $97 a month to be a part of and most people in there uh, are some type of affiliate marketer uh, and most of their affiliate marketing is on the side of you know like pay-per-click of stuff or um, you know cost per action type of affiliate marketing. Not like the type of affiliate marketing that I do, or Pat Flynn does, you know, which is more like personal brand um, affiliate marketing where you create content, and then you happen to have an affiliate link. Uh, The stuff that these guys do is more like, we take an ad out on Facebook, or on Google, or somewhere else. We have an offer uh, for a product or service, and then they click in and buy it. Uh, It has nothing to do with creating content, or like blogs, or YouTube channels, or, anything like that it's really just an ad that someone clicks either text ad or banner or pop-up and if you buy it then they get commission for it so the reason why this form is so popular uh, is because a lot of the techniques they do are you know very fringe uh, you know there's obviously a lot of people in there that you know do completely what, what you call white hat stuff uh, which is uh, for example one of the the talks uh, this week was them breaking down white hat campaigns uh, there's a new kind of little device called the tracker uh you might have seen facebook ads for this where basically somebody is you know you, you attach it it's like a little key wing almost so you attach it to your keys or your you know dog collar you can put it in your glove box of your of your car or in your purse and if you lose it you can use the app to track to see where it is so I haven't personally used tracker before so I don't know if it's a you know if it's good product or not um, obviously it's, you know, it's a legitimate product in terms where it's a physical product. Someone will ship it to you. Uh, it probably does exactly what it says. So why do they need these affiliates is because instead of running a Super Bowl ad or a TV ad or, you know, w- you know, them trying to sell it themselves, uh, they have affiliates that get paid, you know, between let's say 20 to 50% to promote their offers. So every time someone buys it through your link, you get that amount of money. And You know, there's a lot of internet marketing kind of tips and tricks that you can do to make that convert better. So, if you're spending, let's say, ten dollars in ads to get one sale, you know, you might be kind of breaking even on that that item. But if there's little things you can do where you can either spend less on ads or convert more, then you make more. So, um, one of the reasons why people join this forum is because they want good relationships with the affiliate managers. They want to be able to find good offers. They want to get Different traffic sources besides Facebook and Google, through like different type of ad networks, uh, and the reason for that is there's also people uh, in this forum who do more gray or black hat type of, of marketing, where you know they, they might be promoting a casino offer or you know some kind of Viagra pill or something that they can't legally advertise through Google or Facebook. So that's also a place where you know people can kind of exchange these more black hat type uh, skills but uh what I like about affiliate world is they're kind of getting away from a lot of that um you know just kind of looking at their lineup now <laughs> versus it was you know two or three years ago now they have you know they actually invited uh facebook to come they invited google to come uh they invited um shopify to come so even though they kind of built their core audience on a lot of the the crazier stuff uh they are moving a lot towards normal i would say you know like completely legit type of offers because this stuff works on you know to sell anything. I mean, you can you can sell pet food, you can sell you know a dog collar using the same type of tactics that you can do to sell a you know uh, online uh, casino. Um, I think one of the reasons why people still like that is because you know there's less competition because it's first off illegal, so you have to like do crazy things to to advertise it uh, but second the, the potential payouts can be a lot higher because you know it's you know it's kind of like being an online drug dealer but instead of selling you know um, an, an illegal drug you're selling an illegal gambling offer you're selling illegal xyz uh, I don't dip into any of that stuff uh, so I don't really know that much about it but it was kind of eye-opening to meet some of the people who were doing it kind of hear some of them kind of break down their campaigns and how they do it Um, but affiliate world itself is getting less and less like that. So I would be willing to bet that in the next couple of years, uh, it's going to be a lot more mainstream than it is, uh, you know, black hat or gray hat. Um, So speaking of which, I mean, one of the reasons why people go there is to meet their affiliate managers uh, and their traffic managers in person. Uh, The attendees are a, a mixture of people who are just starting out uh, as well as some people who are actually crushing it. Uh, there was a couple people who I met who are doing, you know, like mi- literally millions of dollars uh, in affiliate commissions because they're promoting, you know, crazy offers that other people would have no idea how to how to promote. Um, and then there's a lot of people who are doing, you know, very just normal kind of lifestyle businesses like dropshipping um, using more of an affiliate model than the type let's say Anton teaches so what's hot I guess for 2016 um, at affiliate world one is there's a really really big push towards drop shipping from Alibaba to Shopify which is a big reason why Shopify was uh, was sponsoring the event and they were kind of a you know and they had two panels uh, one which I actually spoke on uh, the reason why I think this is so hot is because first off it's completely legal so um you know, the, the people in the forums, or the, the conferences really like it when their members are doing very white hat type of, um, you know, a, a projects that are Google and Facebook friendly because they want, you know, you know they obviously want to be a big, um, a big name. And you can't be a big name if you're only dealing with, you know, these small kind of shady companies. Right. Uh, so what exactly is dropshipping from Alibaba to, or Aliexpress uh, to Shopify. Basically, what they do is uh, everybody who wants to build a dropshipping store, an online store, one of their biggest kind of hardships is where do I get products, how do I get suppliers? And Aliexpress or Alibaba makes it really easy where they prove anyone. I mean, you can basically just buy stuff wholesale from China and then have it shipped directly to your customer. That's dropshipping. With Shopify, it makes it easy because not only – is Shopify a very easy to use um, web tool where you can create an e-commerce store in literally a day or two? Because everything's kind of drag and drop now. Uh, but also, they have apps where you can integrate, you know, everything from uh, a product, you know, an app that will pull products automatically from AliExpress and just fill up your store, so you don't have to upload anything. Uh, to you know, apps where you can track shipping and have them send out emails, and it just makes it a lot easier. Uh, so on my panel, uh, which was called um, "How to Make Money with Dropshipping," sponsored by Shopify, uh, we had one of the founders of Alberto, which is um, a uh, an app that is that basically integrates exactly that. So it integrates how to um, and, and, and it integrates Shopify with AliExpress, uh, and that's. Or bellow. Um, actually, what's funny is before I went on stage, I asked, I was like, "How do you pronounce this?" Because it's spelled O B E R L O or something. And my buddy Chris was like, "You have to get it right. You <laughs> you know you're gonna sound like an idiot on stage if you get it wrong." So I asked Thomas, uh, the he's the CMO, I think that's like chief marketing officer or something. He's big, co-founder. I said, you know, I was like, how do you pronounce it? What, like, what does it mean?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "It's just a word. We just we just had the <laughs> um we had the domain and it was short." So there is no official pronunciation for Arbello, so just pronounce whatever you want. I think it used to be called like Ali Importer or something, but they changed the name uh, because they want to do more than just AliExpress. They want to be able to, to import other things as well. Also on my panel was uh, Drake Andrews. He's an affiliate manager at Shopify, so an official Shopify employee. So it's kind of cool having him there because he sees the back end. He sees what types of stores are doing the best. Um, and so you can really see you know who... Uh, who's crushing it kind of on Shopify and in the e commerce world so you can kind of give advice on that so a ton of people are, are doing this type of dropshipping. shipping the reason why I personally don't do it and we, we talked about this on stage uh, they filmed the conference I don't know where they're gonna post it I think it might be like a private video for people who, who bought like the gold um entrance package on for affiliate world Uh. Because there was like different levels, you can buy the silver, which is just you know basic attendance, and then I think the gold you can watch all, all the replays. So I think it's me on there. So unfortunately, I don't I don't think I can share my talk with you guys, or uh, well, at least openly. But basically, what it what it was is the three of us had very different views on how to make money with dropshipping. On the far left, and literally that he was sitting on the far left, uh, Drake who works officially for Shopify, his stance is to follow your passions one hundred percent and just, you know, sell anything, you know, whether it's your art and your photography, uh, or a product that you you know, that you made or you wanna you know, that you wanna drop ship that you really believe in. Uh, on the far left was Thomas who said it's just sell everything. He said that's what our tool is for. Import hundreds of thousands of products and see what sells and see what sticks. Uh, I'm, I was literally sitting in the middle and I, my stance is sell selected amounts of of items that you know will ship that you know something about that are high priced. Uh, so on the Brello side, they're mainly selling products that are under $60. So between 10 and $40 on average. Um, and the reason why they do that is because it's, it's cheap, it's easy. You can get a lot of volume. You can literally get hundreds of sales a day if you needed to. Um, but the reason why I don't like it is customer service is a nightmare uh, because things are going to be shipped from China it takes you know 4 to 5 weeks to come and I think that's going to piss off 99% of your customers uh, for repeat sales kind of future longevity um, a lot of the products are just going to be you know crap products just cuz they're you know from AliExpress or you know uh, shipped from there I don't like the the business model personally uh, but I also agree that I know people are making money with it. So if that is something that interests you or you're like, you know what, I like big data. Like, you know, I want the challenge of dealing with hundreds of customers and I want to outsource everything. I want to have a team. Uh, I want to have VA's. I want to have, you know, I rather have a lot of small sales and do a, you know, scale it up as quick as possible versus building a kind of long term store. Then it's definitely an option. So uh, for me, I follow Anton's, you know, course AntonMethod.com, and he teaches. Don't give yourself a headache. Don't give yourself another job. Uh, you know, sell high-priced items. You know that are between, let's say, three three hundred to eight hundred dollars. That way, even if you only make two or three sales a day, you're still making a good, <laughs> very, very good amount of money. Uh, but you're just not dealing with as much headache. So that's the type of um, a business that I like the most. But I, I will say that dropshipping is definitely super hot again uh, now that it's the end of 2016, you know, starting 2017. I think it's going to be another hot topic, but there's trends and they go up and down. I mean, it's, it's crazy because I started dropshipping in 2013 and everyone said it was super hot that year and then it kind of died off. And nobody talked about it for two years. They're like, oh, everyone trying to move on to other things and now it's back again. So... I think it's going to be a business model that's always going to come back and forth and it's always going to work. There's always going to be a different way of doing it, but it's always going to work. So from the other talks, I actually took notes on what I've learned and kind of the, the people that I really admire the most. Uh, My favorite talk by far was from Neil Patel. Uh, He's actually the founder of a bunch of software like Hello Bar, which I personally use for my Shopify stores. Uh, So I think that's pretty cool. Um, And, he gave a very, very good talk about, you know, using things like webinars to sell your courses. Uh, why you should sell, you, you know, why your, your your main product should be thousand dollars and not two hundred dollars. Um, and these are more for digital products and digital courses. Uh, so it really, it really applied to me. Um, I, like I think a lot more than it's going to be a lot of people. So what I like about these talks is you have to just have to find someone who. Not only resonates to you but what they're speaking about is applicable to you right now so the things that he was saying might not be applicable to you guys for you know uh this year so it's one of those things where if you listen to you, you might be like okay well you know sounds like a smart guy but it's not really what i'm doing um the other people i really liked was uh, charles no who, who actually i've been following online for a while uh, he is one of the most outspoken people in that affiliate world. And he kind of openly talks about, you know, doing you know some crazy black hat campaigns. <laughs> so I thought it was just interesting, even though I didn't want to do it myself. I just find it very fascinating to to understand what they're doing. Um, so I got to meet him on the first day, and what was funny is I kind of just assumed he knew who, who knew, he knew who I was because I had messaged him a few times on on Facebook some mutual friends you know we're both asian guys uh and i think for the first like two minutes he had no idea who i was so instead of you know making it awkward i was kind of just you know i i i think a lot of networking has to do with not it's not not being weird or creepy and i know this is really hard to kind of differentiate um but a lot of it is just being a normal cool guy we're not trying too hard you're not being too needy not trying to like uh, grasp for straws or grasp for conversation, but just being like a normal person, just like you would meet, you know, anyone else. And what was funny is even those first two minutes, it was very awkward uh, after he kind of felt me out and he realized I wasn't there to try to get anything from him. I wasn't trying to, um, you know, I wasn't trying too hard. He really opened up and he actually started giving me a ton of advice uh, for my own sites, my own courses, uh, you know, with kind of unsolicited I, mean, I, I didn't ask him for any of it he just you know he just dropped all the knowledge bombs on me and you know he's a very very smart guy hard worker uh, the other person I was really interested in uh, meeting uh, and hearing from was Matthew Woodward who has a blog uh, and he talks a lot about like SEO and uh, you know starting a blog and the reason why I heard of him uh, was there's a bunch of people who rank in income reports to see how much everyone online makes per month, and he's the one that's always slightly above me. So I think this month he made twenty nine thousand dollars in profit and I made twenty four thousand dollars profit and I'm literally right under him. So <laughs> when I met him, I just kind in a very friendly way introduced myself and I said, hey, i'm you know I've been chasing your tails for the last uh, couple months you know I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to beat you <laughs> and he's you know he accepted the friendly challenge. Uh, I think it's fun uh, I think his the takeaways I got from his talk as well as what he does really well is he does a lot of SEO which I do literally do zero, none of I think a lot of people assume I'm good at SEO because my blog comes up for a lot of search topics uh, and I have a lot of what you would call a backlink but I've never built backlinks and I've never actually optimized any of my SEO titles I don't think I even have like an H1 or H2 header tag which is you know, these things that I kind of understand because I know other people who do it and I like to kind of just understand everything even if I'm not actively doing it. Uh, but for me, I'm all about creating content. So if I can create something that people want to share, then I know it's going to do well. Uh, if I create something that, you know, isn't interesting to read or people don't really care about, then I don't care how good the SEO tags are or how many links you have to it. I don't think it's going to do well. So uh, it was good knowing kind of the, 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 the things that he does. Um, so big thank you to Matthew for kind of giving me some tips and advice on how to how to come after you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I actually think we have a very different audience. Um, he's more interested in teaching me how to start a blog, how to do SEO, how to rank, um, and I'm more interested in you know it's in creating content and interviewing people who are doing well and kind of exploring all the different passive income streams. Uh, so I don't think we're either of us are, you know, in direct competition. And even if we are, it doesn't matter. It's like the internet's such a big place. And at the end of the day, people will follow who they resonate with. So, for example, if you're an English guy and you have you can understand his accent, you might really like him more than you like me. Uh, but if you're not. You know, used to that very heavy English accent, you you might not want to listen to him. I mean, regardless of how smart he is, you might be like, man, I, I just can't stand this guy's voice or I can't understand half of what he says. Let me not listen to this guy. So, uh, aside from those uh, speakers, uh, I think the other person that, that I heard speak that it was really cool meeting him, uh, this guy named Drew from fitlife.tv. And they sell green juice called Organify. Uh, I actually don't know how their business model works, but I just looked quickly looked at their site and it looks like he's doing really big numbers so he, it's kind of cool seeing you know how many successful people there are in the world that maybe you never even heard of um until you actually go to one of these events you and you get to meet them in person, you just realize they're like a normal, cool person, and everyone in the world they have their challenges as well so He's probably making millions, you know. Very smart guy. He's in great shape. I think you know he has this, like, him and his girlfriend both have six packs. And, uh, we're hanging out by the pool. But one thing that you know that we are doing better as digital nomads is we have the freedom to travel and work remotely. While you know, even though he got to come to this trip uh, because he was a speaker, he had been scheduled to go back the day after. And when I when I met them at by the pool and i was talking to him and his girlfriend i was like dude like you know you flew so far man like you know you gotta go and just enjoy enjoy the travel a little bit longer and he's like oh you know our, our flight's tomorrow and you know i have um i gotta make these videos and i'm like dude make them at the beach people are gonna love seeing you at the beach your audience is gonna love having your saturday you know um you know session or your monday mindset session at the beach you know, while you're on vacation, because that really shows that you're living your life and not just, you know, in the office all the time. And I think they took their, my advice, because I see them, on, you know, following them on Facebook now, and I see that they're down back down on the islands. So I'm very, very happy um, that, you know, hopefully that's kind of the, the impact that I made on their life. But what that also kind of showed me was, we all have things that we are you know that we are successful at, or you know we've kind of achieved, and then there's always things we're still working on as well. Uh, so when I, you know, when I saw him by the pool. I was like, man, I really need to get back in shape. Uh, so he kind of inspired me to start eating healthier again, get back on, on you know, on the paleo diet, and start working out again, and uh, also to scale up my business to, you know, to to grow it even bigger than some of these people. Uh, so that is pretty much the conference. Uh, I'll say. My best advice is don't go overboard in the open bar' cause, uh that made me kind of i that was my biggest regret um is all three nights we went to different parties and it was it was super fun uh but afterwards you know you realize I could have learned so much more from the part you know from the events uh would have felt better and I would have had more time to have done things like recorded an episode versus, you know, waking up hungover, not feeling well. Uh, honestly, on the last day, you know, we thought we had planned because well our flight wasn't going to leave until 3 p.m. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up the last day, go for a swim, you know, go work out, you know, sit down with someone who I'm at the conference and have a, have to do an episode. But I felt so bad after having, you know, 20 drinks or whatever it was, Uh, at the various parties I went to, that all I wanted to do was take a nap, you know, go back to bed, and then go to the airport. And then, unfortunately, my flight was delayed. Uh, Bangkok Air completely messed up. They were missing – one of their planes were out of service because of some flooding. So what they did was they tried to make it up um, by moving other flights around. And what really was annoying was they kept telling us, you know, like, oh, it's delayed – it's delayed by 45 minutes. Delayed by 45 minutes, and every time we would go to the gate, they would say, "Oh, it's another 45 minutes." So we had to go back three or four times. And when you're hungover and you're, you know, you just want to get back, it's very annoying because it's it ended up taking seven hours to get back, and it's only a one-hour flight. Uh, so it was pretty much the equivalent of me traveling from Europe back to Asia, even though I was literally just going from Bangkok to Chiang Mai. So that was not the best experience. Uh, I think in retrospect, what I would have done is. Just taken it a little bit easier. I still would have been out and drank because you know it is part of the experience. It is fun, but I would have cut myself off at midnight instead of going out until later, uh, and then I would have limited the amount of drinks that that would have. Um, I would have literally like I don't know, counted it or had a, a soda water in between each. So as a tip, <laughs> when you do go, um, I think if you if you go to the parties, especially because most of the networking parties start at 7 p.m. If you make it a goal to be back home and in bed before midnight, so start heading home, you know, by 10 or 11, I and you, you can wake up for all the conferences, not miss any of the talks, uh, feel refreshed, you know, while still going out and meeting some cool people, having fun, I think that is going to be my recommendation for future conferences. Uh, I know not everyone's going to follow that, but uh, at least now you know uh, what it takes if you want to get the most out of it. And... It's not just me. Uh, I the the couple super ballers that I met while I was there, the ones that were you know actually having the million dollar years, none of them were, were out past midnight getting getting trashed. I think most of them actually went just to sh- kind of shake hands and have dinner or hang out with either their affiliate managers or you know some of the other kind of high level people that, that they knew, so to kind of uh, increase that relationship. Because I I do think that if you meet people in person it's going to it's gonna validate your relationship so much more. So, for example, with Shopify, I've been trying to get them to give me a vanity URL. So, like, shopify.com slash johnnyfd for my link for the longest time. And they've always said no. They said they're too busy. You know, they can't do it. And now that I'm in person, they're like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm happy to do it for you, which is cool. Don't go to EX. I don't know what's going to actually be set up. Uh, but they also told me some inside info. They said, uh, by the way, that 20% off Shopify for life discount you have is going away. And I was like, no, 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 like, you know, just pretend we never had this conversation. <laughs> I'll keep my my long, um, you know, uh, uh, tracking link. And they said, no, 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 it has nothing to do with that. Uh, we've been under pressure by Shopify corporate to get rid of them. And we've actually gotten rid of most of them already. There's only, you are one of three people who still have it that we haven't gotten rid of yet. So it's going to be going away. By the end of 2016. So if you're listening to this in 2017, it's probably gone already. Sorry, uh, but if it's still December, you what you can do is you can start your store now. If you want to start a second store, starting now, that way you'll be grandfathered in. So that way, hopefully, it'll be you know they'll honor it forever. Uh, I from what what we talked about over dinner, they said that people that already had the discount applied, they're going to be able to keep it. So you'll be grandfathered in. Uh, if you want that discount, uh, the easiest way is to go to slash discounts and that gives you the PDF download as PDF instructions on how to claim it. Or you can sign up for the email list at johnnyfd.com, and in that email you'll have that PDF as well. But dropshiplab.com/discounts is the direct link, and I'll have it in the show notes of this episode as well. Uh, Aside from that, yeah, I, I I think meeting people in person uh, is the the best way to network ever. Um, I know Sam and I were talking about having a networking episode on Invest Like a Boss. Uh, we just haven't gotten around to it yet, so hopefully this gives you some of those tips already. Uh, please let me know if you liked this episode. Uh, I don't know if I actually like doing it because... It's more fun to talk to someone else and to be honest, it's kind of tiring to talk by myself for 40 minutes uh, but there's a lot of information I wanted to give all of you and I didn't want to skip a week uh, just because I messed up. Uh, so if you like this episode, please let me know in the comments. Uh, if you hated it and you rather have me just skip a week until I can uh, get another uh, interview guest, let me know as well because I, I think all uh, impact is is open. Uh, you can post in the Travel Like a Boss Army Facebook group which I have a link in the show notes uh, or you can just leave a comment at travel like a boss podcast.com. Uh this is episode 140 hope everyone is well and I will see all of you next week with another guest see ya by the way since I've had you guys on right now and I have time I wanted to give a big thank you to everyone who's been leaving all these great reviews on the iTunes store for the podcast you guys are the reason why travel like a boss has been become as big as it has and then while it reaches so many more people who want to learn how to live a location independent life as an entrepreneur or as a digital nomad uh so big big shout out to every single person who's been leaving reviews i literally have months of them to catch up on so uh sorry i haven't been giving you guys shout outs but trust me when i, when I tell you i really appreciate every single one of you Uh, so here's just a couple from actually just these are from months ago even though we have we probably had 30 cents uh, but I just want to go in order um, by Iqbal from the UK if you want the four-hour work week lifestyle then listen to this five stars Johnny is actually location independent entrepreneur who has inspired the reading Tim Ferriss's for work week if you are a big fan of the book and then you would love this he talks about his experiences and interviews, cool people that he comes across. He has a great laid back style and is very motivational. I'm going to go back and listen to all the old episodes. Uh, so, big thank you to Iqbal. Uh, we have Dylan Yodgi from Australia been listening for a long time now think i've listened to every episode <laughs> we listen to episodes by the pool in kotao thailand getting motivated to really start smashing out some drop shipping the time is now thanks for the podcast insightful motivating and extremely generous of johnny keep the good work and the last one is from elra from the u.s great five stars i'm loving this podcast so far it's real down to earth and actionable great job and thanks so big thank you to all of you who've been leaving reviews uh, you guys are freaking amazing uh, tell your friends about the podcast share it leave a review on the iTunes store regardless of what country you're from because that is the single best thing you can do to help spread the word besides just telling your friends so I'll see all of you next week peace out thank you for listening to the travel like a boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travel See you next week, and remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.